Hey Chi Alpha, well, welcome to our next sermon in our installment of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I just want to start off by talking about a show that I've seen recently. Have you guys ever been so enamored with a show that you just like want to binge it all one night? Well, recently I was, and that show is called Ted Lasso. Now the premise of Ted Lasso is that it centers around an English, in England, uh, soccer team, football team. And essentially the owner is the wife of a previous owner who just got control of the team. And she decides that she wants to get back at her ex-husband for cheating on her by doing the worst possible job as manager and running the team into the ground. Because in her mind, if she kills the team and gets them relegated and makes them do, um, do bad then it's going to negatively affect and it's going to hurt her ex-husband emotionally and that's what she wants. So she hires the worst possible manager candidate that she can think of. His name is Ted Lasso. He's an American football coach from Kansas and he knows nothing about soccer. And so she hires him and to run the team and everyone hates him right off the get-go. And so but he had no idea that he was hired because he was a bad candidate for the job. He had just won a national championship in Division II college football. And he was, uh, and he was thinking that he deserved this job, that he got this job because of how good he was. However, that wasn't true. The owner, Rebecca, had plans to destroy the team, and he was the centerpiece for that plan. And so when she... Uh, saw that he actually did good because he cared about his players, he cared about her, and he cared about how the team did and put his players and their attitudes and their emotions first, she was in for a rude awakening. Instead of destroying the team like she thought she was doing, she was actually helping the team by hiring this guy who cared about her and her players and she had to decide if she wanted to, uh, if she wanted to tear down this guy who had done so much for her, or if she wanted to con um, change course and actually pump up the team and make them do well. Her initial intentions of wanting to hurt her ex-husband by hiring the worst possible manager she thought she could hire for the job had negative consequences for the rest of the team. The team was upset that she hired this guy who knew nothing about soccer, let alone was expected to coach in the Premier League in England, one of the best leagues in all the world. And she had no idea that what she was doing was going to negatively affect him as a person when he found out that she was intentionally or originally wanting to hire him based on the lack of his credentials. And so retaliation can be a sticky subject. It can be hard. There are things that we do every day, things that people do against us that make us want to retaliate back at them. There are things that people say, things that people do, uh, drivers that cut you off on the highway that make you want to drive forward and cut them off just like they did to you. However, retaliating is not going to be good for you or for them. When we look at the next passage in in our series on the Sermon on the Mount, we can see that Jesus had a different opinion of retaliation than what the rest of the world thought. You know, usually we as humans, we think that 
if someone does wrong to us, well, we should just do wrong back to them. It's so prevalent in our culture. However, that's not Jesus's way of looking at it. That's not the way that he thinks that we should go about treating others. So if you have your Bible handy, or if you just want to listen, I'll be reading out of Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 38, um, going to um, verse 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do you not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow, so right off the bat, this is so counter to what our culture uh, thinks that we should do when someone wrongs us. You know, Jesus says, if, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, give them your other cheek too for them to slap. Like what? Like what does that even mean? Like why would I let them hurt me some more? You know, they deserve what's coming to them. Or if anyone sues you and takes your tunic or takes something of yours, Give them more of what you have to them. Or if anyone forces you to go with them somewhere, go everywhere that they want to go. So this is just bewildering to me because I'm one of those people where if you do me wrong, my first instinct is to like get back at you and want to do you wrong. If you cut me off on the highway, you better believe I'm going to ride your butt for the next three miles until you realize that you had done me wrong. However, that's not what Jesus is asking us to do. You know, Jesus is saying, show them grace. Show them mercy. Let them get away with it and let me handle it is what he's saying. So when we retaliate, when we don't love our enemies, the people who wrong us, it's harmful in three different ways. First is that it hurts our relationship with ourself, it hurts our relationship with God, and it hurts our relationship with others. But first, it hurts our relationship with ourselves. You know, in soccer, um, to go back a little bit to the Ted Lasso analogy at the beginning of my sermon, in soccer, there's a lot of things that people do to, to get at you. You know, they will slide tackle you, sliding for the ball. They'll, they'll want to take you down. They'll want to get inside of your head so that you're upset and you are frustrated and they hope that you play worse. Now, when you, when you get hurt by someone, when you feel like someone has wronged you, when they've tackled you, when you believe you didn't deserve to be tackled, well then, and my first instinct is going to be, I'm going to spend the rest of that game going after that player. I'm going to make sure they realize what they did and they're going to pay for it. However, that's not, that's not good for me. 
that's not good internally. It's going to lead to more sin and more bitterness in my heart as a result. I'm going to become angry. I may become jealous that they got away with it. And maybe if I try it again, I won't get away with it, you know. Or maybe I'll be envious of them. Or maybe I'll, I'll want what they have, you know. I'll, I'll just think differently. And so if, when you desire to retaliate against someone for something that they did to you, it leads to sin in your heart. It allows anger and bitterness to fester inside of your heart. And it changes the way that you see yourself. Instead of seeing yourself in a positive light, you're seeing yourself as someone who needs to get back at the world. Someone who's been wronged by everyone and that they just need, uh, that you just need to get back at other people because of the things that people have done to you. And so it's just not good for you. You can't truly love and respect others until you love and respect yourself first. So when you can come to a peace inside your heart, that you don't need to go retaliate against other people, then you can start to share that love and share that peace with others. However, if you let that, that those negative feelings, those hard feelings fester inside of you, it'll lead to a diminishing self-image. It'll lead to anxiety. And it could even lead to depression. And you don't want that. You don't, we don't need more of that in our lives. So when you can choose to let go of the burden that other people have done to you, the burden of desiring to get back at them, then you can be free in your heart. You can have peace in your heart. And I believe that only God can give you that, that peace in your heart. Because when you retaliate, secondly, it hurts our relationship with God. When we decide to get back at people, we're also committing a sin. We're also committing wrong to other people. And when we sin, we hurt God because God is inside of us. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. And when we seek harm against other people by retaliating, even if they deserve it, even if they did it to us first, then we are hurting the Holy Spirit that is inside of us, and we are hurting uh, our relationship with God. Now, feelings of retaliation, they're not from God. They're not from the Holy Spirit. They are from Satan. They are from the devil. And they must be uh, prayed against and they must be uh, fought against. We cannot allow those feelings of retribution, of retaliation to fester inside our hearts. Because when we do, we're letting the devil have a foothold in our hearts. And we cannot let that happen. The Holy Spirit would not act act out of selfish ambition. They would, it would not take revenge uh, against others. It would not seek to do wrong to others in our lives because of the things that they have done to us. The Holy Spirit builds up. It doesn't break down. It glorifies people. It magnifies people. It gives to people when they need it. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt them in return. And so we don't want to give the devil that part of ourselves. We don't want to give the devil a foothold into our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 27, tells us to put away all falsehood. Let each one of us speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. 
if we don't retaliate, then the devil doesn't have a foothold in our heart to tear us down and to tear others down. And he can't use us anymore to tear others down because we ourselves feel hurt. And that's important. When we allow God to work in our hearts to give us the peace that we need, then God after having transformed our own hearts, can then use us to transform other people's hearts as a result. But retaliation, when we let it fester and harbor in our hearts, it leads to a third thing and it hurts our relationship with others. When we retaliate against other people, we're no better than them. We're not doing anything good. When I get hurt out, when I'm driving a car, you know, when I'm on the highway and someone cuts me off and almost gets me in a wreck, what am I going to prove by going ahead of them and cutting them off? By riding their bumper really closely and for the next three or four miles. If anything, that's going to lead to a greater accident because something could happen where they have to slam on their brakes and if I'm only a couple feet behind them, well now we're both in a wreck and it's actually my fault because I drove too close to them. It doesn't do any good to retaliate, to seek revenge on people, even if they were actually in the wrong. And so what happens when we have those feelings of retaliation is that we stop viewing them as a child of God. However, we start viewing them as something that we need to get back at, as something that is evil. And that's not, that's not true. You know, in Genesis, uh, it says that God created man in his own image according to his likeness. And so when we seek to destroy others and we seek others harm, then what we're actually doing is we're actually seeking harm of someone who is made in the face and the image of God. And so when we seek to hurt others, we're actually seeking to hurt God. We're directly attacking God as a result. And that's not good. That's not something that we as Christians can do. It's not something that we should do. It doesn't look good to us. You know, when we feel like we've been wronged against, the proper response is to, is to just let it go, you know? Because Jesus commanded us to love others, and if we are retaliating, then we're not actually loving them. We're being in direct opposition to Jesus' commands. And so that's not going to show them the love of Christ. You know, if they, if they wrong us, like, so be it, because we're called to love them no matter what. We're told to love them even if they're our enemy, even if they keep hating on us. And if they keep hating on us, well, let them hate on us because we have Jesus. And if we retaliate, then they're going to, it's going to confirm their preconceived notion that we're no different than everyone. However, if we just keep bearing it, if we keep uh, ignoring it and giving it to God, then they're going to be like, man, this guy, this guy is something different. You know, this girl... You know, she has the peace in her heart and I want what she has. You know, she's not getting upset at what I'm doing. And so when we, not, when we don't retaliate, it leads other people to Jesus. And it leads other people to God. And so what are some ways, how can we avoid retaliating that will help us love our enemies well? You know, how can we you know, not get mad at that person who cuts us off or maybe cuts us in line or or steals something from us, breaks into our car in the middle of the night, uh, or threatens violence upon us. Like, what can we do if we're not supposed to, we're not allowed to retaliate, and we're supposed to love them? How can we do that? 
Well, there's, there's a couple things that I thought of that um, will help us be able to not retaliate and help us be able to love them instead. And the first one comes straight out of the show that I talked about in Ted Lasso. Uh, it's forgiveness. So eventually Rebecca comes clean. Spoiler alert, sorry. Eventually Rebecca comes clean and she says, Hey Ted, I got something to tell you. Um, I originally hired you because I thought you sucked and you were going to destroy my team. And I was hoping you would, but you didn't. You're actually a nice guy. And I'm sorry. Will you, like, can I have your forgiveness? And he... And, you know, I'm expecting him to, like, the whole show to go into a whole nother episode about how he's dealing with his feelings. He wants to retaliate and stuff. But immediately he says, you know, I forgive you. And it was just, like, the most powerful moment I've seen in the show in a while. Because while I was expecting him to try to get back at her, to be upset at her, really, he said, I forgive you. And he said, I understand that you've been going through a divorce and it leads you to do dumb things sometimes. And I don't want to let it hold it past us. And I want us to get over it so we can continue to make this team great. And, and she just started crying because she's like, I was not expecting that. I was expecting you to like hate me and to tell the press and for me to get fired and everything. And so, but that didn't happen. When we forgive someone, it shows them the love of God. It shows them that we have peace in our hearts and it makes them desire it more. You know, I've wronged people in my past and I'm sure everyone's wronged someone in their past. And if you've ever gone to that person and said, hey, I'm sorry I did this. Will you please forgive me? And then they forgive you. Man, it feels like there's a weight that is lifted off your shoulders. Like you don't have to live with that guilt of hurting someone anymore. And that's what forgiveness can do for them. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you're going to be right with them. and just doesn't mean you have the same relationship with them in the future. But it means that that burden, that guilt is no longer there to be had. It's no longer there to, to burden you. And that's really important. The second thing that we can do um, is that we can turn the other cheek. Just like what Jesus said. He said, if someone slaps you on the cheek, give him the other one also. Or you can just walk away. You know, you can... You can let the things not affect you. You can try to you forgive them in your heart and then you continue on your current path. You continue on being good, doing what you want to do, doing what God has asked you to do. And they may see that you are continuing to do good and they may want some of that, but they may just hate you even more for that. You know, like they may... They may see that, oh, this guy is like such a good person. I hate that because I'm not a good person, they think. So when you continue on the current path and don't let these things affect you negatively, don't let these things get to you, then you can find healing and you can find peace for your hearts. And maybe that'll show the other person by example that there's something different about you and it might help lead them to find that same peace and healing. And throughout all this, you can just love them anyway. You know, sometimes it's not really easy to love people who have wronged you, who have done such bad things to you that you that there's no way you can possibly love them. Well, Jesus says that we need to try to love them anyway. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who've done you wrong. So even though they may not be in your life anymore, they can still you can still pray for them. You can show them that love, that grace. Um, you cannot get angry when you're around them anymore. So, so there's a lot of things that you can do 
to help uh, help get rid of those negative feelings that you have in your heart towards those other people. And if we need an example to follow on, Jesus was the perfect example. Jesus dealt through and suffered through all of the persecution that he endured so that we can receive the example and the grace and the forgiveness for what we've done in the world and so that we can receive the the peace to continue on in this world despite all the people constantly wronging each other and wronging us. So as you go throughout the rest of your week, I just pray this over you. I pray that you're able to deal with all the negativity in the world, the negativity in your heart, that when someone wrongs you this week, that you can find the peace in your heart, find the grace to forgive them. Because when we do, it shows them the love of Christ. And it shows that there's something different about you and there's something different about the God that you believe in. So I hope you guys have a good day and a good week. And I'm praying for you. And... Yeah, just let us know if there's anything that we can do for you. We love you. Have a good one.